Goodhart alongside Cameron Klein, episode number 125. And that that's a good number, and I'll tell you why it's a good number. Because, you know, you kind of remember certain episodes based on the content. Sometimes it's based on the number, and what are the odds you're going to have it based on both? Cameron, as I bring you in, uh, episode number 20, 125, the episode after the Philadelphia Eagles have won the NFC. And I... And it's well-documented. Cameron's not an Eagles fan. It's his second team behind the Miami Dolphins. But, Cameron, they did it. They, not shockingly, not surprisingly, especially given what happened in the game early on, but they did it. They did it. My, my Eagles, my our Eagles, they did it. <laughs> We're in the Super Bowl, Cameron. We're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, you are. I'm not I'm not going to say that I am. Because, like, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to say it for a couple different reasons, one of which being – I I am um, I'm not gonna be like a thing of like oh look I'm not gonna because it's not my team blah 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 prideful thing it's more of a thing of like dude I didn't suffer the same way Eagles fans suffered so therefore I don't deserve the glory and 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 the and the pride and the greatness of, of a Super Bowl but I'm happy for you I'm happy for you guys I'm happy for my people I'm happy to see them happy it's very nice um I you know well I'll. We could get into the Super Bowl, but we'll get into that awesome. next week. Um, I, you know, yes. you were kind of going off about how excited you were. I'm excited too. My brain's telling me good things. My gut feeling is telling me bad things. My gut feeling is normally wrong, so it has a track record of being wrong. So we'll I'll just leave it at that, and then we'll get into that another time. So, um, yeah, as Cameron alluded to, this is not going to be the normal uh, episode where we might break down the matchup because the intention is that we're going to be back here next week talking about the game more so, and I want to take a little bit more time to do some research and everything. Um, I I just want to kind of talk about this team. I want to talk about the game. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the uh, Bengals-Chiefs game. Yeah, a little uh, bit of controversy there, yeah. A little bit of controversy. I don't think it's as much as people are making it out to be, but there's still something there to be talked yeah. about. Let's yeah. start uh, with what happened on Sunday, and just from just to kind of give you guys the idea of like how I spent the day. I drove home from Harrisburg. I went to my brother's house in South Philly to watch the game, and I was nervous. You know, I I, I believed we would win, but it didn't mean I wasn't nervous. I I know how good that Niners defense was, and they gave Jalen Hurts a lot of problems throughout the game, but. I, I really had kind of changed my philosophy on whether I did or did not want the ball to start the game. In this particular game, because of you were go- who we were going up against, I wanted the ball immediately out the gate. I don't know how I'll feel going up against the Chiefs, but um, you know, I, it's kind of like moment to moment where in the moment I was like, I want the ball first. They got the ball, they scored early, and really that was it for their offense until late in the first half where they finally were able to make it a 14-7 game. But really, Cameron... As an outsider, I'm sure you probably felt a little bit differently than I did at the time. But really, that that game ended when Hassan Reddick made Brock Purdy's elbow explode. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because you and I pointed out that he's the guy to watch, right? Like, he's the person that you you should really – and it's funny because I was saying it um, to my wife as we're watching. I was just like, you know, Justin pointed out that's the guy to watch because it's going to end up becoming – about, you know, Purdy's going to have to throw to his checkdowns. Reddick's going to have to watch those. Reddick's going to have to worry about, you know, going in. He's going to guy who's going to be troubling the quarterback, who's a rookie quarterback. That's what you want. So Reddick played the role exactly that we thought he was going to play. That was super cool. Um, I was less emotionally invested than you were, so I kind of think I was looking at it oh, a little yeah, bit definitely. more level-headedly, like a little bit more clear-sighted, and I was just like, this game's well, I mean, as far as like done, dude. Like quarterback. The, the Eagles were dominating. They started. They came out of the gate dominating. 
And like you said, as soon as he hit Brock Purdy's, as soon as he went down, that was it. Because at that point, it's like, dude, you're they're on their third string quarterback. Any team, it doesn't matter who you are. When you're going to your reserve quarterback options, one of which being your star is your star running back, who they were contemplating playing the game. The game was over. Um, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, the game was over really when Purdy's elbow exploded. Um, what's cool is that my boss, Tom, just walked in the room right now, and I've been trying to convince Tom to come on with me uh, on our show to uh, talk about the Eagles and the uh, and the 49ers game, or at least talk about the, the fact that the Eagles had won the NFC. But, I mean, to go to your point, Cameron, I mean, listen, the Eagles, from the word go with that game, their defense was as good as it was supposed to be all year. And really yeah. what it came down to, even after the Purdy injury, because how many times have we seen, especially with this – Eagles team, they're in a situation where there's no reason they should lose, a.k.a. Saints game on New Year's Day, but they just they allow a team to go on a long drive. And they did do that. Christian McCaffrey did run off for a touchdown. I don't know what the hell Marcus Epps was doing with the missed tackle. I don't know what the hell was going on with that. But they go on the long drive. The Eagles were able to come back afterwards. And more importantly, and most importantly, they were able to stomp on the 49ers' throats. They did what a dominant team is supposed to do. They won the game. They won it handily. They're in the Super Bowl. And for the city, for myself, for I'm sure Tom and for my brother and everything, it uh, it means the world to us. This is a this is an organization that was in turmoil just a couple of years ago. They had just purposefully lost the last game of the season against the Washington football team. They weren't even the commanders yet. They were just still just the football team. And Doug Peterson got fired. You know how I felt about Doug being fired. I thought it was one of the worst decisions the Eagles have ever made. I still thought maybe they could fix Wentz. Turned out not only was I wrong, but I was hilariously wrong. And it didn't feel like the franchise's direction was going anywhere anytime soon. And that you and I, highly critical of Howie Roseman. You and I, highly critical of Jeff Lurie. And whether it was unfairly so or fairly so, it doesn't matter. Because we were wrong. Howie Roseman turned in one of the greatest offseasons in recent executive history, turns the Eagles into a formidable foe. Nick Sirianni, the flower grew, man. They, they, they planted the seeds and the flower grew into <laughs> one of the most dominant teams the NFL has seen in its history. And I do mean that. In its history, there has not been too many teams that have won the way the Eagles have won. How many teams have won like seven or eight games by 20-plus points and then dominated throughout the playoffs to 20-plus point victories? You don't see it often. And this Eagles team is one of the few teams in NFL history. I put them up there with the 1989 or San Francisco 49ers, the 1979 Pittsburgh Steelers, even a team that didn't win the Super Bowl, the Fun Bunch, the 1983 Washington Redskins, redacted now. They were a really good team. So I'm just I'm just beyond thrilled. I'm beyond excited. I really believe that this team is again, I don't want to get into the matchup because we're gonna save that for next week. I believe they're going to win the Super Bowl. I believe in this team. I truly believe in Jalen Hurts. And really, right now, how can you not believe in Jonathan Gannon? The second biggest question mark we had going into the season you and I talked about. That was the guy we were like, oh, he's gonna be it's now or never, my guy, and it, it was now. I still don't really believe him that much. I mean, dude, what the four? Like we said last week, the 49ers lined up to his defense perfectly. The way that that game was going to be schemed, which fell, it fell into his hands. It, it it did. Like, here's the thing. Here's the bright part about this little thing. When the Eagles, if they do win the Super Bowl, and it's it's likely that they might, um, I would I would say I would put my money on it. If I had to put my money on either of the teams, I'd put them on the Eagles. Um, yeah. But if they do win the Super Bowl, 
Gannon's getting hired somewhere. So you don't got to worry about him anymore. And sure, yeah, some people are going to say, oh, you know, uh, uh, Gannon did fine. Gannon did this. I still don't like the guy. He's got a star-studded defense. You still don't like the, oh, and they're I mean, playing well. Well, I'll say this. The one thing that Jonathan Gannon and I felt that he needed more than anything last year, if you talk to any Eagles fan and you ask what were the kind of the under-talked-about deficiencies on defense last year, besides the fact that quarterbacks would go 34 of 34 against us, was the run defense was not very good. And the Eagles addressed that with getting a guy like Jordan Davis. And then when he went down, they signed Linval Joseph and Dominican Sue. And what we found out was when Jonathan Gannon can stick to a four- or five-man front and contain the running game, it's, it's really his pass defense that is able to take off. Now, does that get help by the fact they had James Bradbury, they traded for C.J. Gardner-Johnson? Of course it does. But – at least we now know that with the right players, and how often is this said in football, with the right players, mm-hmm. your system can work. And Jonathan yeah. Gannon's system can work when it has the best defensive player in football, go screw yourself, Nick Bosa. The best secondary in all of football, you know, go to hell, um, you know, whichever other team thinks that they have the best uh, secondary in football. And most importantly, what did Howie Roseman do also? Finally invested in some linebackers. Finally. Kaiser White, TJ Everything who's been a rising stud. Everything you just said was how Howie Roseman improved the defense. Not one thing was how Jonathan Gannon. I said his system works. I said defense. his system now works because it has the right. Right. Player. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Everybody. Again, everybody's <laughs> system works when they have great star-studded talent and great players and stuff like that, and a GM who listens to them. Right. We all know that. That's like yeah. Anyway, my point is, is I'm not saying he's a bad defensive coordinator. I'm just saying he still hasn't done anything to change my mind. I see the same old stuff from him, which is fine. It works. It works when he has a good system. That's great. My point is, is you could have better, and I don't. Did, I don't care for him. Did you see the video? Did you see the video that was out there? Uh, he pulls into the parking lot at the link before the Niners game, and I guess uh, he sees some people that are recording him come in. He pulls his window down, and Jonathan. This is Jonathan Gannon says this. He says, "We're gonna go gut those motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, nice. I, yeah. I'm like, okay, you can stay, man. You you can stay for as long as you want when you're saying that. <laughs> okay, sure. All right. I, I I do I do find it funny that um you know I respect the fact that you're still out on the guy. I mean, to be honest, when I look at the best defensive coordinators around football, I'm not really sure who I think is the best. I think Dan Quinn is pretty good in Dallas, but is Dan Quinn good in Dallas because he has Micah Parsons and he has Demarcus Lawrence and he's got Trayvon Diggs? I don't know if he's good because of that. I think of, you know, is what's uh, the, the guy in Cincinnati? You know, they have a lot of talent on their defensive line too. Is he good because of those guys? I, I honestly, I think that it comes down to you can't be a good defensive coordinator without having talent obviously around you and your scheme obviously has to be somewhat usable. And uh, when it's going good, it looks really good for Jonathan Gannon. But, man, when it doesn't look good, third and 30 versus Dallas or last year versus the Las Vegas Raiders, when it doesn't look good, I mean, it can look really bad. Now, pre-game talk, if there's one guy that I think can take advantage of Jonathan Gannon's defense, it just so happens to be the quarterback that they're playing next week in Patrick Mahomes. Right, Um, right, yeah. But you know what? I also believe that Philadelphia's defensive line is better than Kansas City's. Um, and this one, like, yeah, it is. It is. This team just means the world to me. Like, I just think about what where they were. They 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 were they were circling the drain. It was going to be years of darkness in Philadelphia. It was going to be like the 1960 to 1977 Eagles, where we're never going to see the playoffs, and 
We're not going to get many wins. Jalen Hurts is going to be out of here in a couple of years, and then they're going to replace Sirianni with some other bumbling, you know, man across the sideline. But now this feels sustainable. This this is a nucleus that I feel can be sustained. They have young wide receivers that are here for the next number of years. If they lock up key players on the defense, that's a defense that can stay intact for the next couple of years. And all you need is a chance. And when you have a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over, a quarterback that can do so much with the ball in time to, and a guy like Jalen Hurts, you're always going to be in a position to win. The old guard is changing. Tom Brady's retired. See ya. Second greatest quarterback of all time. Love you, man. And, I mean, he's not one, number one. I mean, number one forever will be Kevin Cobb, pride of University of Houston. <laughs> Best quarterback ever. Had two 300-yard games yeah, against the beast, Saints man. and the Chiefs. Yeah, I heard people talk about him so much. So much I heard them talk I, about I Kevin Cobb and how admit, good he was. And I was a young kid, so I didn't, it's not like I knew anything. But I was when we drafted him, I'm like, why did we draft him? We got Donovan McNabb. I'm like, we don't need anyone. We got we got D right. McNabb. <laughs> yeah, we got number five. Number five will always love you. But yeah, I he mean no, dude, you have a you have a good reason. He will. He will always love you, except ever, because he's he, always upset about he everything always at the kind city of like, does. Jabbing, like jabbing at the Eagles. Like they could win like a game like fifty nine nothing and he'll be like, Yeah, you know, I think the team was pretty good and true they did beat the reincarnation of the O seven Patriots, but you know, my O four Eagles were pretty darn good. You know, we had some ball players on that team. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> and we have some winners on ours, you fucking <laughs> jackass. No, he hated dude, no, Wentz. But That's you, the one thing you, I'll give him. He didn't believe in Wentz. Well, yeah, he uh, added him to the long list. But I, I I, will admit, dude, I mean, the Eagles are in a good place right now. They're they're in a good place. I would feel good. I would feel very good, I, just like you do. Because um, like you said, dude, it's a, very, it's a young team. There's a lot of depth, a lot of young depth, too. A lot of guys can learn from shit. Your coaching staff has never seemed to fail so far as much as I just trashed on Jonathan Ginn. In terms of how they've developed players, I mean, again, we've talked about Kelsey before. We talked about how he was drafted in the sixth round, seventh round. Look at where he, he is now because of, of Stoutland. You know, so, yeah, it's you have a good reason to feel confident. I'm happy you feel confident. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of really just good vibes right now. I, I want to bring you down. I see optimism. And I want to bring it down, but I can't because it's like I. There's not really any logical way to do it. You're you're you have a logic behind you. I listen. I, I you. I've been one of the more pessimistic Eagles fans for I don't know the better part of ever since they won the Super Bowl, like 2018. I thought they were going to miss the playoffs because I just had this weird feeling that they were going to fall apart after winning the Super Bowl. 2019, in the beginning of the year, I was high on them because they brought back Deshaun Jackson, and that worked for approximately one game before his hamstring exploded. And then yeah. 2020, that worked for about a half, and then when they blew that 17 nothing lead to Washington, I had bad feelings about where the team was going. 2021, I said they were going to be the worst team in football. They won nine games. So forgive me all when I say – the last two weeks, I've chosen to just be optimistic. Everyone's going to talk trash about the Eagles. Everyone's going <laughs> to yeah. say the Eagles aren't this. Everyone's going to say the Eagles aren't that. They're just going to say this, that, and the other about our fans, the team. You, what, what a, what a Mickey Mouse road to the Super Bowl. You know what? A road to the Super Bowl is a road to the Super Bowl. If we had to go through Disney World to get there, I don't care. We went through Disney World to get there. If you win the Super Bowl, history doesn't really remember what people were saying on Twitter. History remembers the team that was holding up the trophy at the end of it all. And what I remember in 2017 was it was the same talking points. You didn't play anybody. Oh, congrats. You beat the Broncos by 28 points. Wow, you beat the Niners by 24 points. Wow, you beat up on a bad Cowboys team. Wow, you beat up on a Falcons team that had choked their year before. Yeah, Case Keenum's not a real quarterback. But when they <laughs> finally beat the New England Patriots and they finally beat Tom Brady, 
What did people say then? They could say nothing because when you're the last team standing, no amount of trash talk, no amount of this, that, or the other can take away the fact that you're the Super Bowl champions. And you know what? Well, it, not if, when, when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, because I feel that good right now, we'll see how I feel in about a week from now. I'll probably be, you know, crapping myself obsessively. What are they going to say then? What are you going to say about Jalen Hurts? What are you going to say about Nick Sirianni? Jordan Love, the Giants safety today on NFL Network, saying Nick didn't have to do anything, that he could just take a step back because he had that talented of a team. Jordan, while it's true that you wouldn't even start on this Eagles team, let alone be on the practice squad, here's the truth. Nick Sirianni did the smartest thing I've ever seen a coach do, and you have mentioned it before, Cameron. He realized that play calling was not his strength, and he gave that up. That takes a lot of character to do. That takes a lot of leadership to do, in my opinion, and it's something that I've greatly respected in him ever since. Do I love him like I love Doug? No. Doug's the guy that brought us our first Super Bowl. But that doesn't mean I don't like the guy. That doesn't mean I don't like how he gave Shane Steichen the play calling rules. I wish Shane Steichen was, I don't know, 50 times better than what he is. But I really respect Nick Sirianni. So screw Jordan Love. Screw all the Cowboys fans to say horrible things about us. Screw Fred Warner's wife for saying that we're the worst fans in the world, this, that, or the other. By the way, she was lying about that story, guys. She didn't actually get shoved. You can't just bring a red bag into the link that size. Okay, it has to be a clear bag. Everyone knows this. So she's just <laughs> lying for TikTok cloud. And by the way, if you want to go even further, I've heard it all before. All these Niners fans that showed up to the stadium to dress up the Rocky statue in their Niner colors, they came to the stadium looking for trouble. They came to the city looking for trouble because they're disrespectful and they think that we're not going to be intimidated by you. And then they get all offended when the Eagles fans act accordingly back. Yeah, we're not a very nice fan base. I don't really care that we're not a nice fan base. I don't condone the violence that happens, but you act as if the violence is the only violence is only found at Lincoln Financial Field. Weren't there a couple people killed at Candlestick Park? Didn't a Dodgers fan get murdered by a San Francisco Giants fan? a few years ago? Don't we have violence breaking out at Giant Stadium all the time? Wasn't there a problem at Texas Stadium a few years ago? Or, I'm sorry, Jerry World now. So don't miss me with this whole Eagles fans this, Eagles fans that. There's a reputation that Eagles fans have because in 1968 we threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Cut me a freaking break with the talk. Cut me a freaking break with Nick Sirianni not being a good coach. Cut me a freaking break with the Eagles having a Mickey Mouse road to the Super Bowl. And understand this. We got to the Super Bowl because we're the best freaking team in the NFL and we have the best Best freaking fans in the NFL, and come February twelfth at six thirty, you're gonna have to feel it from all of us. You done? <laughs> what do you fear, Tom? He fears the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just the fan. He says he fears the Miami Dolphins fans. I would actually, if you the higher up you go, it gets pretty hairy up there. Here's the thing, though, dude. <laughs> Yo, like this pen, this pen here, just exploded. Here's my here's my recommendation for you. Okay. Yes. Get off Twitter. That's because you point. are so angry for no reason whatsoever. There's no reason to be this upset about this shit. Like, dude, Fred Warner's wife. Who gives a shit? She fucking <laughs> lost. That's why she's saying shit. That's why everybody's saying shit. Cause they lost, and it's fine. Whatever. You're gonna. You lost. It is what it is. Are Philadelphia fans rough? Yes, they are rough. Okay. We shouldn't hide away from the fact and act like we're completely innocent and like. Every theory and rumor about us is completely unfounded. It's not. But we're not nearly as bad as half of the media says that we are, one. Number two, half the shit you see at an Eagles game, you'll see at every other NFL stadium on a Sunday. Every every other one. If you go there and you act disrespectful and you act like an asshole, most likely someone's going to say something to you. Whether it's at Miami, whether it's in New England, whether it's Arizona, it doesn't matter. It's stupid. Who gives a shit? I agree. All that being said, um, what was the other thing? Nick Sirianni. Sirianni. I respect Sirianni a lot as a coach, too. I think one of my favorite 
I'm glad you brought it up, the play calling thing, him walking away from it is, to me, one of the most, this is going to sound kind of counterproductive, but one of the most important aspects of leadership, of being a leader, is knowing when to take your step, take a step back mm-hmm. and go, I'm not, I'm not cut out for this. I have somebody else, though, with me who is cut out for this and who can handle this. And entrusting them with that. That's what true leadership is. So the whole play calling thing is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of him being a good leader and understanding who on his staff has strengths and who has strengths better than him and putting those putting those responsibilities to those who have those strengths. That being said, Nick's got to stop acting like a middle school hype beast nah. on the sideline, <laughs> nodding at the camera and shit. Dude, act like you've been there before. Because when you when you lose, and I'm not saying in the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying inevitably at some point in your career, when you lose, this shit's going to make you look absolutely ridiculous. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the high energy and all that shit. Like, uh, if he was my coach, I would love the head nod. I'd be doing it myself. At the same time, from an outsider looking in, it's just like, dude, it just looks embarrassing. It's, it was pretty lit out there. He said at the press conference after the Giants game, really? It was lit out there? I mean, you're 40 years old, dude. You're 40 years old. Stop. Is he 40? Just move on. I don't. He's close to it. Close enough. He's up. over 30. That's oh, if you're over 30, you're not allowed to say lit anymore. All right. <laughs> if you, if you're over 25, you shouldn't be saying. It. Let's be real. But whatever. He's 41. Anyway. Tom, did you know he's 41? He does. He looks good for 40. Well, yeah. He doesn't look good oh, he, these looks, days. He, he looks tired these days. Well, yeah, but he does look good for his age because, you know, I mean, he's, it's a high-stress job. He's got high blood pressure. That blood's pumping all the time. He's got a metabolism, like, through the roof. But, no, dude, he deserves respect. And, like, the reason why people don't respect him, though, is because of the shit like that, in my opinion, when he yeah, does but, his stupid know, head his nods thing. and you hear him talk half the time, he sounds like a jackass. But it's like, I mean, who listen, cares? I, who cares about that, that he, because he wins? Does, does he act insane? Yeah, he does. But, like, how is this any different from... You know, John Madden, you know, be screaming on the sidelines at referees and marching onto the field whenever. I'm not upset. I'm not. I'm not upset with him yelling at referees and yelling at the game. I'm talking about him playing to the camera and looking into the camera and fucking nodding his head in the camera. Nod at the camera. Here's why I loved it. That's the problem. That's where I draw the line. If you yelling at the refs, that's fine. If he did it against the Vikings, like in the playoffs, I'd be like, ah, whatever. I, I don't really think he needs it. It's the fact that he did it in a game against the Giants in a game where, you know, it came in a week where the Giants were really feeling themselves. And then those Giants fans have to watch on TV as this Eagles head coach, who they already hate, because the entire NFC hates Nick Sirianni for the very reason that you're mentioning. He's just like, that's right. And these fans are pulling out their hair because they can't do anything about it. So I, I honestly, when that, listen, if it wasn't my team, I'd probably be on your side. I'd probably be like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weak move. It's a jabroni well, yeah. move. Here's the thing, though. Only 10% of the fan base actually gives a shit. Like, only 10% of the fan base in New York is actually that angry at that. The rest, the other 90% of New York does not care. Yeah, you're probably not wrong about that. But, <laughs> that's my point. That. That's my point. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Point is, he wins the games. Okay? He wins the games. The Eagles won. All right? Their fans aren't animals. All right? No. Yeah, are they a little rough? But... You go in there looking for trouble. They're gonna. Here's the thing, it's a hornet's nest, right? It's not a hornet's. That's not. That's not fair because hornets are assholes. Yeah, but it's a bee's nest. Bees don't bother you. They do what they do, right? They pollinate the world. They have their role in the world. But if you fuck with them, they're gonna sting you. 
and they let you know that they're going to sting you because they have this little thorn sticking out, making them look nice and rough, just like Philadelphia. It's the same way. You come into the hive, and you start pissing people off and pissing on the honey, they're going to sting you. They're going to fight back. We float like a butterfly act and sting like a bee. Right. Act accordingly. Just act accordingly in public. Because Philadelphia is one of those cities where if you don't act accordingly in public, people are going to let you know. So, with all that said, um, do you want to... I'm sweating. You, I'm angry you, and I'm sweating. <laughs> Do you want to come with me to buy a Patrick Mahomes jersey so we can stick it on the Rocky statue? Because I just want to get the I just want to get the curse of Rocky going again. We gotta just get it for one more game. I mean, I would definitely do that if you would want to do that. <laughs> I'm sure somebody else is doing it. Like, like a I, I, I've seen I've seen some things on the Rocky statue, and I'm like, Ugh. those are likely Eagles fans because I don't. Well, I'm sure there are Chiefs fans in the Philly area, but I just highly doubt they're taking the time to do that to the Rocky statue. I don't. I think Philly fans are just like, we'll just say that they did it. <laughs> No, nah, dude, and like San Francisco, they're to me like the Cowboys fans of the West. Like they're so annoying. They think that everyone cares about them when nobody cares about them. So like to ask. me, they would have the audacity to do something like that. Whereas Kansas City, I don't see them. I don't see a typical Kansas City fan having the audacity to do some shit like that. Well, I was gonna say, so like you know, you're a fan of the team in the AFC. I don't know too much about Kansas City's fan base. I don't know how much you know about it either, because I don't know how often the Dolphins play. They don't play the Chiefs that that often, but you know, what's your take on like Kansas City's fan base? Um, a lot of drinking. They do fight. Actually, there's a good amount of fights at Arrowhead. It's not uncommon. Um, oh my, wait, especially Eagles fans dress up and go to Arrowhead to yeah. fight there. Yeah, can you believe it? They travel That's far, dude. Yeah, um, but no, because apparently I was actually reading because some, you know, you 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 watch enough MMA on YouTube, you know, you start seeing street fights videos and stuff pop up on your on your Google stuff, so. Couple years, it was like earlier this year, actually. Some famous, like every you know, every fan base has a famous fan or whatever. The Chiefs' yeah. famous fan apparently got into some fight, got knocked out or some shit. Anyway, in the comments was a bunch of people talking about how ever since they won the Super Bowl and the rise in popularity of the Chiefs, this kind of stuff has been happening more often. So I think it's kind of one of those things of yeah, like the hype is super high, it brings yeah. up a lot of people, and then just the more <laughs> enough people you come, the more idiots come, just as a result. And yeah, but other than that. I don't think they have any major reputation of other than anything other than being just you know your typical Midwest beer drinking fans. Like other than that, nothing. Okay, it's not All like right. the Raiders. I mean, I haven't seen anything online. Like you know, again, I didn't see anything necessarily online from Niners fans until they had lost the game. Um, and uh, and they're and they're one to talk. San Francisco, the Bay Area is one to talk. Because you're more likely to get killed, like you mentioned earlier with the Dodgers, you're more likely to get killed there at a sporting event than you are in the Northeast. It's ridiculous. It's L.A. A, is it, insane. Like, yeah. It, anyway, yeah. it's not a uh, it's not a pleasant city. I've been to, like I've been to San Francisco. It's not a pleasant city. I don't like the city at all. Not even not even for the people. The people are whatever. Like cities, people suck in yeah. every city. It's yeah. just like it's so hilly. It's just it's not. It's cold. It's always foggy. You can see Alcatraz. It's just like and it's cool, but it's just like ah, not not my not my style. Um, definitely, definitely not looking to go back to that city at any point. You know, when we went out there to visit my brother. All I could remember thinking to myself is, I can't believe he thinks this place is better than Philadelphia. I really can't believe he thinks this. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, real quick, Andy Reid. Uh, coach in Philadelphia from 19, from 1999 until 2012. It's well documented. Incredible coach. Brought the Eagles more wins than they had ever seen in the franchise's history. But he did not win the big game. And when I went home after the Eagles game, and I saw my father, and um, you know he we he was starting to watch the game and everything. He said he looked at me. He goes, 
again, he doesn't really talk to me much about football anymore, but he did look at me and says, I want the Chiefs to win because it's going to feel good when we beat Andy Reid in a Super Bowl. And then I, rem- I was like, oh, that's right. My dad hates Andy Reid. I completely forgot that he hates this man for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why he hates Andy. I don't. I love Big Red. I mean, it's amazing. My dad loved Buddy Ryan, and Buddy did nothing for Philadelphia, but hated Andy when Andy took him to his – my dad didn't even really like Dick Vermeil because in 82 82- – Dick cried as when he resigned from the Eagles head coaching job. My dad was like, he's, he's a crybaby. Came back and won a Super Bowl with the Rams. So I'll take yeah. the crybaby. I'll take the crybaby too. Yeah, but well, it sounds um, like it's the typical, you know, kind of machoistic. Cause, yeah, because Buddy Ryan was that guy. He was, um, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, win, but spe- fuck speaking you. Of, speaking of Chiefs Bengals, uh, yes. the, the game was a really good one. I was listening to the second half on the radio on my way back to Harrisburg. I had it on when the fumble happened, and immediately you texted me saying, do you remember when I told you about one play happening? And I think we all thought in that moment, there's your one play. Well, it turned out to not be that one play. It wasn't. There was more than one play. There was about three or four of them. There were multiple plays. And where do we begin with multiple, like a third down redo, even though a third down had already happened, which... Which was ridiculous, yeah. The refs really dropped the ball there. Uh, But the biggest thing... It's embarrassing. the biggest thing is Osai's, you know, late push out of bounds on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Cameron, I don't know what your thoughts are. My thought, it's a penalty. You, you you can't put your hands on the quarterback. Yeah, it was the right call. It was the right call. I don't blame the kid because, like, when, you, when you're watching in slow motion, obviously it makes him look really bad. But in real time, he's trying to stop him, make contact before he goes out of bounds, mm-hmm. therefore establishing that he was he made contact and therefore the clock would keep running. You know, that kind of stuff. All this stuff is happening at a super high speed. I don't blame the kid. But, no, it was a penalty. It, it was. It was. It sucks. It sucks it has to end that way, too, like on all things. It ends on a penalty like that. But it is at that point, it, it is what it is. I mean, I thought that Mahomes' fumble was going to be the play, and then Burrow throws his second interception, which I would say was an out, unbelievably outstanding play on defense. I mean, just the tip to get it back into play, to, it was it was. Beautiful, beautiful play by the Chiefs defense. They stepped up. To me, they were the star of the show. The Chiefs defense was the star of the show. Chiefs defense they, was really good. Didn't expect to yeah. see that. Chris Jones finally, exactly. finally breaking his playoff sack virginity with a couple sacks mm-hmm. on on Burrow. Um, listen, that that Chiefs defense. You know, for all the all the things that we'll get into next week about them, and there are some weaknesses on that defense. That that's a like strong defense. They have a really good defensive line. They have veteran linebackers. And, you know, it's tenacious in the secondary. It's young, but it's mm-hmm. tenacious. And when you play yeah. with no fear, I tend to think that that's where the biggest plays get made. Uh, Burrow, for the most part, I thought played fine. But Burrow had the same issues that he had in the Super Bowl last year. His offensive yeah. line was crumbling early, and he never it never felt like he really got mentally back into the game. You know, he made a couple great touchdown throws, but there were plays that he normally doesn't leave on the field that he just left on the field this time. Yeah, he can never like really. He, it didn't seem like he could get in rhythm, ever. Mm-hmm. And I think it started with that first drive that really disrupted everything because he got sacked. Yeah, twice on that first drive, I believe, and then like the yeah. second drive, he got sacked three. It was an instant three and out, all three sacks. It was it was just bang, bang, bang. And at that point was when I really started thinking. I was like, okay, the Chiefs really came to play here, dude. Well, we go figure, wow. dude. The whole week it was a coronation. The the, the, yeah. the Bengals are. Go- I mean, what is Cincinnati's mayor doing by by decreeing that that. Burrow take a paternity test to determine if he's the father. Like, what are you doing? I, I thought the Bengals were going to win the game going into the week. As it went on more and more, I started to shift because I'm like, man, 
this Kansas City team is being really disrespected right now. And if there's one team I wouldn't want to tick off, it's that team, especially when they have a guy yeah. named Travis Kelsey who says on his podcast, <laughs> I feed off of people saying stuff. I feed off right. of it. And and most most athletes do. That's why it never made any sense to me why people would talk shit to athletes. When when fans chant like negative things to an athlete, especially like basketball or something like where it's a yeah. solo individual player, it's just like Dude, well now he's got he's gonna have ice in his veins. <laughs> Majority of these guys are not like Ben Simmons. Majority of them are are like Jordan, right? So like, talking about ben like, Simmons, he's a great not player. at that level, but Ben Simmons is a great player. He play, plays good defense. Yeah, he plays great defense, and that's it. But like, it's just yeah. My point is, is that that never works. I never understand why people try to do that shit. It never works. And yeah, it was a bad look. Like, dude, I don't know. I'm just never one to publicly talk shit like that. You should just, to me, you should talk shit to your team in the locker room. Here's God, we're going to mess them up, blah, 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 blah. But you keep that in-house. You don't put that out into the world because then the world's just going to take it, stop on it, spit on it, piss on it, throw it back at you. I that's what it did. I don't think the mayor of Cincinnati will do something like this if they're in the same position next year and a chance to go to the Super Bowl <laughs> or even in the Super Bowl. But if they reach that point, if I were the head coach, if I were Sean or Zach Taylor, I would probably say, like, hey um, – don't say anything, please. Just, just everyone <laughs> keep your mouth shut and uh, just root for us. That's that's what I would advise. Um, it's a tough way for Cincinnati's season to end, but for Kansas City, um, they have proven once again that they are they are the class of the AFC and they're the class of the NFL. They've been in this situation now five straight times. They've reached the Super Bowl now three times. They've won one. They've lost one. And um, honestly, like. I mean, what more can you say? Now, the big news that I did hear, I, the alert came out just before we got on recording. McCole Hardman, not likely to play in the Super Bowl. Okay. That's a pretty big loss for them. That's like they're they're one of their better gadget players. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks, but, I mean, they've been kind of business with Adam for a little while, so it's to me it's like not – it'd be different if he got hurt in the championship game. That's true. Going into That's the Super true. Bowl, they already have Because then it's like him. you're really yep. losing them. But yeah, you, you you just beat the Bengals, which is which are a really really good team without the guy. You've gotten to where you are without the guy so far. You know it, it sucks, but it is what it is. They they're used to it at this point. You know what I mean? They're used to working without him, so I don't think it's going to be that big of a hindrance for them. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, again, I'm we'll, excited to talk more about it next week. Um, I was about to say, yeah, I don't want to get too too much into it because no, no, yeah. not at all. But like, man, they have the players on that Kansas City team. That's the one thing I love about studying the game is just how many players each team has, and these two teams have such a plethora of talent. There's a reason why they're both the number one seed. Like, it's not like you've got such a mismatch on both sides of the football. There's a reason these two teams were 14-3 in the regular season. There's a right. reason these two teams are in the Super Bowl. And there's really – there's a reason why the feeling around these two teams' futures are just sky high. Yeah. Yeah, because they're built well. They're young. Um, it's cool though too because we're getting a couple firsts. Like I, I don't think it's the first time, but it's not often you have the two number ones, AFC NFC, playing against each other. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Kelsey brothers, two brothers playing against each other in the Super There's Bowl for the first one. time. That's pretty cool. There's another what? big one. I don't know if you've noticed. This is the first time in NFL history that two African American quarterbacks will be starting in the Super Bowl. I did. I did notice that. I looked it up yesterday because yep. I was curious about that. Yeah. First Another time ever, one, and Patrick dude. Mahomes was asked about it today, and he said that that is something that deserves to be noted. So before we ended it, I did want to say it's awesome. Uh, it's taken a long time to get to this point, but I think it's great for the game. I think this is such a phenomenal thing for the game because yeah. when the one thing that I've always kind of grown up seeing is, you know, whenever little kids are watching on TV, they envision themselves as being in that situation. 
Uh, for a long time, it's been one side of the demographic that's been able to see themselves as the star quarterback winning a Super Bowl, and that is now changing because when little kids watch the Super Bowl next week, they're going to see Patrick Mahomes and they're going to see Jalen Hurts, and there's going to be African American kids out there. They're going to that are going to say that could be me. That could be me in 10 years. That can be me in 13 years. And it's not this stupid, far-fetched idea. It's not only realistic, but it's becoming more possible than ever because of the respect that those people are being given to the position. A long time ago, a lot of people rooted against Doug Williams in the Super Bowl against the Broncos. A lot of people that thought he couldn't win it for dumb reasons. And a lot of people that didn't want him to win it for even dumber reasons. And then you've, that paved the way for guys like Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon, uh, uh, Steve McNair, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, Colin Kaepernick, and now we're seeing it with Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. I think it is phenomenal for the game to see this. It's really cool. I'm really excited about that aspect. Yeah, what's cool too is you see two two different paths too. I mean, mm-hmm. both both were were not starters immediately, and they they worked their way into it. But I'm I'm talking more of just like two Mahomes star-studded and just completely a different type of quarterback than Jalen Hurts is. So it's cool to see, you know, to go off of your example of seeing somebody who's like them on TV playing the position, playing in two completely different ways. You know, one guy can drill at 60 yards on a dime. The other guy can too, but he's more likely to run 50, (laughs) you know, out of nowhere. So, yeah, it's cool. Patrick Mahomes, the gunslinging, improvisational quarterback, the best improv quarterback I think we've ever seen or will ever see. And then Jalen Hurts, yeah. the guy that can bench press 600 pounds and you know buries his <laughs> buries himself in the study room. Not to say that Mahomes doesn't study, obviously, but just the hard work that Hurts had to put in to get to being a much improved quarterback and really establish himself as an upper elite class quarterback that is going to get a 50 million dollar contract from the Eagles this offseason. Easily. So Easily. that's a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, the storylines, the Kelsey Bowl, it's Andy Reid and you know in Philadelphia, that whole thing. Um, this has all the makings for one, a really, really fun Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not much of a media week guy just because I don't really like, I'm not a fan of like national media trying to talk to me about the Eagles. Like I know about the Eagles. I study them more than you. I know more. I really believe I know more than Jason, what Jason Whitlock's going to tell me about the Eagles. Um, with that said, with that said, I'm going to try because I, from a, (laughs) from a close friend who told me that uh, he decided to enjoy Media Week going into Super Bowl 52. I'm going to attempt to watch some of the Media Week, try and enjoy it, try and enjoy the process, because whether I do or, or don't, come Sunday night, I'm going to be, you know, sweat's going to be dripping down. I'm going to be as nervous <laughs> as ever. So you might as well at least get some enjoyment out of it the week leading up to the game. Yeah, and plus, dude, I mean, think about it like this. Like, you, anything that they're going to say that's going to piss you off, just keep in the back of your mind and just be like, don't get angry about it now. <laughs> Because I might be able to laugh about it later. You know what I mean? Might be able to laugh about it later. They're just words. And these Absolutely. people could be wrong. Uh, so. Next next week, Cameron and I will be breaking down the matchups. Uh, we'll be going through the stats. We'll be going through how their each team got here. Uh, stay tuned for that episode. Uh, this was definitely more of like a, you know, let's celebrate the Eagles being in the Super Bowl. Um, Cameron, uh, obviously, you know, Dolphins are, um, I think they're a team on the rise and everything. And, who knows? Maybe there's a, maybe about a year from now we're sitting here talking about the Miami Dolphins, you know, prepping for a Super Bowl against the uh, Detroit Lions or something like that. Yeah, I hope so, dude. I hope so. <laughs> uh, for the Fly Guys Podcast, my name is Justin Goodhart. This is Cameron Klein. You can be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fly Guys Podcast at Cameron Klein fifteen. Myself at Goodhart Justin. Be happy. Be healthy. And as always, go Flyers. But really, it's <laughs> let's be honest. It's Fly Eagles Fly right now. <laughs>